we kind of went right to that wound sometimes with boundaries and just holding that space of, okay, take that amygdala got activated, right? That Mm -hmm. fear place, that place that holds all those memories and having that tenderness for yourself, that reparenting of that part of you is so powerful when it comes to boundaries. So Mm. I think it's so important to talk about this when it comes to like, you're not going to have it all figured out all the time, or you thought you worked on this and now it's coming back up. And I'm like, yep, it's another layer. Hi, I'm Biz Cush, a life coach and therapist and your host here on the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. We're talking to women all over the world who found their way back to themselves, to their inner knowing, to their intuition, to their wisest self. We're exploring how to feel alive, authentic, engaged, and fully present in your life. Let's awaken your wise woman. Hi there, and welcome back to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. I'm your host, Biz Cush, and I'm very excited that you're here. Oh, my conversation with Kristen Boyce, who is our guest today, was just so fulfilling, connecting. I just can't even describe how many things we touched on, the depths we went to in this conversation. It was it was fabulous. I know Kristen through a podcasting group and also because she's a a colleague, another therapist. And she and I had never really talked one-on-one. I've been, like I said, in a group with her where what inspired me to ask her to be on the podcast was just listening to her speak and opening up about her struggles. And she just felt like she'd be a really good fit for the podcast. And Now I know I was right that my intuition served me because it was awesome. We had just the best conversation about boundaries, about trauma, about how your energy just feels so different when you are holding true to the boundaries that support you and support others. And she also had this amazing quote from M. Lamott at the, towards the end of the episode that I asked her to repeat. And so you'll have to stay tuned to hear that. It just struck home for me in a way that uh, some quotes do, you know, where it just really feels like it resonates in your heart. So I hope you'll stay tuned to the end to hear that. There's still time to apply for a free session with me, a free 90-minute coaching session on a topic of your choice. So if you are in the midst of a life transition or feeling stuck about a certain place at work or at home, if you want to learn some ways to be kinder to yourself or be aware of when you're not actively holding fast to your healthy boundaries. Or maybe you just like a little extra push on taking better care of yourself. If any of these areas feel like a talking point for you, I would love 
to spend 90 minutes with you, helping you reconnect with yourself, tune into your intuition, get you moving forward. So sign up. Go to the website, elizabethcushcoaching.com or to the most recent episode, and there'll be a link for the free session sign up. I am picking a few applicants to win these free sessions. So sign up now. You have until the end of February. So February 28th, 2022 to sign up. So I hope I get to talk to you. I want to talk to you. Do it. So Kristen is a licensed marriage and family therapist, the owner of Pathways to Healing Counseling, and Close the Chapter podcast host. She is EMDR trained, which is one of the most effective research-based trauma treatment modalities, along with brain spotting. She specializes in improving self-worth, helping couples and families resolve conflicts, and develop powerful communication skills, effective parenting strategies, making life transitions, grief and loss, reducing anxiety, and working through trauma. Prior to entering the counseling field, Kristen was an executive at a Fortune 500 company. And as I said, she and I are going to talk about boundaries, why they can be so hard to hold firm to, but also how they support us and the other people we're in relationship with. Let's get started with the conversation. Hi, Kristen, and welcome to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. I'm still getting used to saying that, but yeah, welcome to the podcast. Love the name. I love it so, so much. And I'm so delighted and grateful to be here with you, Biz, today. Oh, I'm so grateful that you said yes, but that too, we get this chance to connect because as we talked before we started officially recording that we are in a lot of the same circles as therapists, but really haven't connected like this before. So it's really nice, really nice to feel like I'm getting to know you, but also so fun to have you here on the podcast. Thank you, Biz. Likewise, I'm just so grateful. We have this love of water. We talked about that at the beginning that we share. And we're on a journey of just getting to know each other. And I feel deeply grateful for that. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And today we're going to be talking about something that is, I think, near and dear to both our hearts is boundaries and how hard it can be. Not just to, like, I think sometimes it's hard to share why they're so important with our clients for them to hear that, but for ourselves, they can be hard to maintain and keep and erect, (laughs) put up, right? So uh, before we get into that wonderful conversation, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about you and your inspirations and what got you started on this path to therapy and working with clients. Absolutely. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I am EMDR trained, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, as well as brain spotting trained. And what that means, it's very rooted in trauma-informed care. So I have that lens. Also, I have the lens of family systems. I'm passionate about looking at the family system and how that shaped patterns 
ways of showing up, whether it was okay to have a voice, what did we have to do to belong and feel loved in our families? And we tend to take those patterns with us unconsciously, sometimes consciously into other relationships, into life. And Mm. so I'm passionate about helping deconstruct those patterns, maybe those conditioned responses that we learned, how we learn to stay safe, and then maybe where it was adaptive and how it might become maladaptive now and keep us stuck rather than liberate and free us. And so that's really what inspires me is curiosity and growth. Like, why did I have that intense reaction in my body? Why did I have that fear quickly come up? Why did I feel defensive? Mm. And maybe it could be something that somebody said to me, maybe it was a look and it really is an invitation for us all to go get curious about that, be with that and go, what's really underneath this? Mm. What is underneath that shame response of not feeling good enough or those shame spirals as Brene Brown loves to call them that we can all get into, right? That are so intense and so deep. And that's really what lights me up and inspires me is that sense of why are people the way they are? How is this person in front of me? Who are they? Who are they really? Are these just conditioned responses or are these authentic, vulnerable, real responses? Or maybe they've never given permission to have a voice because that was scary and that was not okay. That was disciplined. That might've been punished. Maybe you were ostracized or you didn't feel connected Mm. to your family system. Yeah. So those are things that light me up and get me excited to talk about (laughs) and explore. I can hear that in your voice and see that in your demeanor that, and I must say, I share that passion with you too, to really, um, I don't know, it's like to help sort of pull all the puzzle pieces together to, to allow a client to really see themselves. So, you know, in a, I don't know, I think a more objective, but clearer light of what's me and what was sort of given to me or put upon me. Exactly. Mm. Wow. And for you, I know, I, I don't know how comfortable you are. So if this is like beyond your boundaries that you would rather not share, but I have a trauma history. And I think that has really helped me shape how I work with clients because I feel like I come from such a place of understanding. And I know a lot of healers have stuff that they have worked through and healed, and that's why they're so good at what they do. So I'm just curious if that's something for you that I don't know if you're comfortable sharing that, but absolutely. I love vulnerability because I think that's when we can model what it looks like to show up authentically and vulnerably. We give other people permission to do the same. Mm -hmm. So I came from a family system where my mom was an only child Mm -hmm. and her father traveled all over the world. He helped invent crest and develop fluoride in the toothpaste. So he was a well-known recognized international speaker. Hmm. And so my mom really didn't get the security and safety she really needed as a kid in that consistency. Mm -hmm. And she was triangulated, meaning she was put in the middle of their marriage oftentimes. And so there was a lot of dynamics there that got brought into our family system. Hmm. Um, My dad's dad was in the war and never really fully recovered from that. Went into the Menninger clinic at the time. We didn't know too much about PTSD. 
became very abusive. And so my dad learned success. He became an attorney. Mm -hmm. He learned to disconnect from emotion. And so then my mom and dad got together. You can imagine that recipe wasn't Mm -hmm. real great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So at the end of the day, they ended up divorcing when I was in third grade. And I ended up taking on more of a parental role Mm -hmm. and feeling responsible for everyone's feelings, keeping the peace. And so that was the sense of burden that I carried and continue to work on. I mean, I I don't want to paint a picture of you just work on something and it never comes up again because that can create a lot of shame. Like something's wrong with you. No, it's okay. These are layers of grief that we unpack. And so that's still something when it comes to boundaries that I have to explore because I put everyone else's needs above my own. And then what felt it was told you're selfish if Mm -hmm. I spoke up or I had a want or had a need. And so that's something I have to continuously work through and acknowledge and nurture. Mm -hmm. So it does play into boundaries and how boundaries show up even my own life. I've done so much work around boundaries and will continue to Mm -hmm. because the patterns are so ingrained and so deep in those messages and the shame that can come up when you have a want and you maybe you don't want to do something and you're so used to putting everybody else first that that can bring up that guilt and shame. Mm. So I definitely think as part of this trauma or family systems in both play such a role in boundaries and fear we have around saying what's okay and what's not okay, or what can I handle or can't handle, or what do I want versus what I don't want? Mm. It can bring all that back up as in the family system, the role I took on as kind of the parentified kid being the highly responsible one, Mm -hmm. being the one that quote unquote, it's not true, but had it all together. Right. Yeah. Well, and I so resonate with what you said about, and I think it's such an important message for listeners is that there isn't this like, okay, I'm going to do whether it's EMDR or therapy or whatever it is, and I'm going to have it all figured out. And then I'm just going to go on from there and I'm never going to have to worry about this again, because that's just not the way it works. That's not how trauma works. That's not how family system dynamics, you know, within ourselves, the stuff we've uh, internalized, it's, it just continues to show up. And, but the idea of being curious about it versus shaming, re-shaming ourselves or, re-injuring ourselves with those family dynamic, you know, those patterns is so, so important. Yes. And I think the one thing I see consistently people say is I thought I worked through this. I thought we had done all this. And why is this coming back up again? I think I just said that in therapy today for myself. (laughs) Right. And the shame that goes along with that, like what's wrong with me? Why I thought I'm, I'm supposed to, I'm putting air quotes in and you can't see me. We're supposed to like have it all together and put once we're in therapy, we graduate from therapy and have it all together. Be and fixed. it's just a sham. It's yeah. just a sham. And if I can at all say there's nothing wrong with you, there is you're awake now. You're aware now. You're willing to lean into the discomfort now. What a gift. And it's hard. Right. And so right. that is a message if nothing else, when you're dealing with boundaries that will continuously come up Mm. because it pulls on deeper wounds. It's like we, we kind of 
went right to that wound sometimes with boundaries and just holding that space of, okay, take that amygdala got activated, right? That Mm -hmm. fear place, that place that holds all those memories and having that tenderness for yourself, that reparenting of that part of you is so powerful when it comes to boundaries. So Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to talk about this when it comes to like, you're not going to have it all figured out all the time, or you thought you worked on this and now it's coming back up. And I'm like, yep, it's another layer. Right. Right. And for you, what were there moments in your life throughout that just helped you recognize the importance of boundaries and, and how often we kind of shy away from them, I guess, because it is kind of scary to speak up for yourself and to say either, yes, I want this or no, I don't want this or that hurt my feelings or whatever it is. What sort of enlightened you to the importance of boundaries for yourself? The energy zap Mm. that I feel when I don't have them. The energy zap. If I don't have the boundaries I don't have the energy and my physical body will tell me so I will maybe start feeling exhausted, fatigued, lack of motivation, lack of focus, because what I've done is I've spent all my energy trying to please perform, perfect, placate, Mm -hmm. protect all those P's, right? I've spent all my time trying to keep the peace, trying to be liked, not be rejected, not have anyone's intensity have them get upset, get mad at me, have them, you know, have an intense response because I was the peacekeeper. I'm working on doing all the defensive responses for me to kind of please everyone. So to speak, you can't, but I'm putting that in quotes again. I love for some reason today, I'm liking these air quotes. (laughs) Then my energy is zapped and I can look back on a timeline and go, Oh, there was a, I was sick there. Oh, there was like zero motivation there, feeling sad. And it really was unprocessed emotion Mm -hmm. around my defense response. And what I mean by defenses, it's like the discomfort of actually speaking up, the discomfort of avoiding some of those harder emotions. That's really what I'm talking about when I say defenses. Mm -hmm. We learn those as children and they were survival mechanisms to belong and to get to feel loved and connected to at some level, but my energy is my number one sign that I'm the boundaries are off. Yeah. I'm, I'm not holding the boundary for myself or somebody else. It's my tell. Yeah. Well, and interesting because I had a converse, a couple of conversations prior to ours about that energy, that sense of even approaching I mean, for me, like approaching, you know, new business ideas or even like social events, like if I'm feeling this sense of like, oh, this is a thing I have to do versus like, oh, I'm so excited. And, you know, that energized versus drained feeling to me really helps me with identifying what boundaries are important for me. You know, even if it's that I have to take the time because I do get a lot of social anxiety, like take the time to take care of myself before I go and recognize this is going to be hard. 
And what do I need to do to take care of myself now so that when I enter the situation, I am myself and feeling not drained and pulled to take care of everybody else or do whatever it is that show up perfectly or whatever it might be. Yes. It is so powerful when you can connect to that and tend to it even before you go or before you make a decision. So one of the things I do is I'll sit with the option or the opportunity in front of me. So if someone asked me to do something, I've learned, I don't always do this, by the way, this is if I'm I'm awake and I'm aware and I'm doing all the work, I will take a deep breath, feet on the floor, kind of center myself and say, what is my body telling me? Mm. What am I hearing inside? Like, what is it? Am I hearing fear? Like if I say no, are they going to be upset or think that I'm not, you know, of service or whatever the shame story I have going, or am I feeling really energized and alive? Like, yes, I would really love to do that. Or maybe it's I'm hesitant, but what is the hesitant part? Like I need to explore it deeper. So before I make a decision, I don't give an, I used to give like this felt so good, maybe sometimes to get invitations or or maybe it didn't. And I just felt like I, I should say, yes, Mm -hmm. I'm sitting with it and connecting and exploring. What is it that I want? Because the guilt can come up. Like I should do that thing. Right. I should help this person. I should say yes. Those Mm. shoulds are shame. I've learned that now, you know, we could change the should do a could deeper than that. It's really the shame the shame and fear over disconnection Mm. in a relationship over really loss. Like, are they going to, you know, we write a story. If I say no, they're going to think that I'm selfish or they think that I, you know, don't want to be helpful or whatever the shame story I have going, that's all an invitation for me to do deeper work. Mm. And it, yes, is this exhausting at times? Yes. And it brings you so much clarity over what is it that I really want? Mm. Oh, that's not a question that we're often asked. But just like, even when you said it, like I got this thing in my stomach, like, oh, <laughs> right. yes, right. Doesn't it? And you feel like, oh my gosh, I had a question asked of me recently and it just took me into such a, it was about what I wanted. Mm. And I was like, Ooh, I feel like a bad person. Isn't like that bad person, isn't it crazy? Isn't it? And it's like that shame just so subtly creeps in there. When we think about boundaries and we think about what we want, when we think about what's okay and not okay, Mm -hmm. it can take us to such deep places of rumbling through that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where that self-compassion that I know you had Kristen Neff on love that. So people go listen to that episode, but (laughs) and embodying that self-compassion takes a lot of work. It does. It takes a lot of work and a lot of uh, just really recognizing too, how easy it is to shift away from the love and support for ourselves to like that shame of, do I deserve it? But even at a deeper level, I think the the critical part of us saying like, yeah, do you really deserve to treat yourself nicely? You know, that, that, what do you think you are? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. 
I'm like, you, I can tell you all the things you didn't do right. Like, do you think you deserve to be treated nicely, you know, or tell yourself how, that you love yourself or whatever? And, and we're and, finding our flaws. That's what we're doing. We're like, well, if you only knew mm-hmm. what I was really thinking inside, or if you only knew mm. X, Y, Z, whatever that is, then you wouldn't think so X of me. You wouldn't think so great of me. People think, I mean, that is a, that plagues us. Oh, yes. And I would say that is a, a thread that comes through in my therapy practice with clients of, yeah, if you only knew either all my past mistakes or what was beneath what I'm showing up with, then you'd think I was a piece of shit or whatever. Yeah. You'd know the real me. Exactly. Mm. And then underneath that is the fear of rejection disconnection, abandonment, whatever we can. I mean, there's a list, litany of things, but at the end of the day, it's a loss, like fear of loss of that relationship. And so sometimes that fear of loss prevents us from having the boundaries. Yes, absolutely. We, that can be a barrier to us speaking up because we are afraid. We're afraid Mm -hmm. of losing that relationship. And boundaries at the end of the day, for me, when I practice them, when I embrace them are invitations for me to see truths. So if I say the truth is, thank you so much for the invitation. Unfortunately, I can't, I really wish you all the best in that of it. I'm making this up, but, Mm -hmm. and the person gets upset with me. Hmm which is maybe a defensive response. Maybe they got triggered. Maybe they felt rejected. I can't control their, what, what got triggered in them. And I get to see, okay, this is where this relationship might be. There might be something going on for this person. Mm-hmm. I now get to rumble through what that brought up for me. Thank you, person. We're not really saying that in the moment. We're probably saying something very different, but eventually we're like, oh, there was more for me to rumble through. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for the experience, even though it was painful for me to rumble through because we're bumping up against other people's defenses when we set boundaries sometimes because of their sense of self, right? Because of their trauma. Yes. They're worthy they're important. So we're bumping up against their defense mechanism because they're trying to self-protect. It really isn't, a, it really isn't rejection to us. It's the defense mechanism that that lands is rejection for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's such a hard, I think, you know, I primarily work with women, but men too, that this sense of really that a boundary is going to yeah, create friction, create problems that suddenly I'm going to be hurting their feelings versus, I mean, I loved how you phrased it as like, this is their defense mechanism. It really isn't, yes, it's, it's, it's us setting a boundary, but it's about their stuff that they maybe have or have not worked through, but maybe got poked or triggered or yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I think you said that was, or touched on that is so important is and you didn't say it in these words, but being clear and direct, compassionately, I like to call it compassionately clear and direct, allows for a sense of felt sense of safety sometimes in in your nervous system, because Mm -hmm. you're not dancing around or putting off a boundary. How many times do we put off a boundary and we avoid, 
We're like, we don't respond to the email. We don't respond the to text. the message. We just avoid it mm-hmm. because we don't, we're so afraid of upsetting somebody or the response. And what it ends up doing is hurting us because we're over here stewing in it for days and weeks. And then we have shame that we avoided it and we didn't respond or we didn't say, speak up. Right. And now we might've missed a deadline. we might've dropped the ball because we didn't say it at the front end. Yep. Yep. Or somebody might be really truly mad at us because we totally ghosted them or blew them off or whatever, versus saying this isn't going to work or no, thank you. Or even, yeah, I really want to do this. Right. I mean, whatever it might be, but yeah. Yeah. So it's forming here, which is a great metaphor for what boundaries feel like sometimes. <laughs> so I, heard the, I did hear the thunder. I'm going to tie in the storm here because yes. there's so cool. I, I believe there's like an invitation. I know I'm getting cheesy, but everything mm-hmm. is with boundaries. When we're in the midst of a storm, we can go back to patterns that feel safe and not set the boundary. And we end up paying the price for that whether it be a shame spiral, guilt, anxiety, depression, reactivating trauma. And instead, when we feel more empowered, and this is a hard word because sometimes empowerment can also feel scary. When we feel empowered to say, it's not okay to talk to me that way. Mm-hmm. I love you. And I don't use the word, but cause it's like taking an eraser. Yeah. I love you. And it's not okay to talk to me that way. Those are hard boundaries. Oh my gosh. So hard. So hard. And letting go of the outcome. So we, a lot of people, a lot of clients think, well, I set the boundary and it didn't go well. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause we're cutting the ties to the outcome mm. We're in the ties to the outcome. We're cutting the ties on it, needing the person needing to change or mm. cut. Cause you'll have your information. If the person doesn't change, that yeah. might be your feedback that you needed to make a decision or to move forward or not move forward or whatever that looks like. We get tied and mired into, well, they didn't, they're never going to change. So why set the boundary? Why say how I feel because my mom's never going to change? Why say how I'm going to feel because they're never going to do anything different? And that's not why we set the boundary because we can't change someone else. And there's grief in that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So really working on what are your expectations? I was just going to say so much around expectations, what we can expect from other people, right? To give us around that, like, okay, I can set this boundary. They may not change. And yet I am still standing up for myself and what I need. And that's okay. I love to add, and that's okay. Yeah. End of that sentence. Yeah. Because liberation at that point. It's like, and that's okay. You might be telling yourself that that's the reparenting that inner child piece. And that's okay. And then I have to rumble through all those feelings that that person isn't changing and that grief that comes along with that and the fear. And there's more to process sometimes around it, especially when we're tied to the outcome being different because of the conversation. Mm. And a lot of times we're tied to needing to be understood. We, we all have an inherent need to be understood. And when the other person 
isn't getting it, what you're saying, or maybe they're even putting words in your mouth you didn't say. Yeah. Breathing mm. through that, it's really hard. It is. It Being is. Clear and direct and consistent. What I tell clients is, and I hear what you're saying, and you say it again. And after a couple of times, you say, you know what, we're going to have to put, put a pin in this and revisit this maybe another time. Yeah. 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 Cause oftentimes the underlying issues around relationships where the boundary setting isn't respected. Yeah. There's more work to be done for yourself around that relationship. Exactly. I just had a hard conversation last week sharing an example of this in my own life, because mm-hmm. that's really where, where the rubber meets the road. That's how we can learn from each other. Cause like, Oh yes, I can relate to that. So I'm got brave and centered myself and did a lot of work on preparing for this conversation. And I thought I was pretty centered, but I could feel in my nervous system, this thing, like this fear of speaking up. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that we all, I mean, most people, it's like the butterfly, like, I'm actually going to do this. So I got brave. I, I took a deep breath and I said, Hey, do you have a minute? And I could tell this was not going to go. I could see, I already felt the energy. And yeah. so yeah. Yeah. I used my, I feel, I feel sad because that's how I started off with, with the boundary mm-hmm. and communicated how I felt and what I'd hoped for and mm-hmm. the sadness that I felt that it didn't happen. And in knew at that moment, oops. I'm attached to the outcome. I thought I wasn't, darn it. I thought I'd work through all that. I thought I'm not attached to the outcome. This is no matter what happens, I'm okay. I'm okay. And the minute I I could feel it in my body, I'm attached to the outcome. I'm wanting her to understand. Mm-hmm. I'm wanting her to acknowledge. I'm wanting her to get where I'm coming from. And I thought, and she said, I don't do feelings. Ooh. I don't do. And I thought, okay. And then just went downhill from there. And so at that point I said, you know what, this doesn't feel good. I don't feel understood or heard. So I think we're going to have to just kind of put a pin in this mm. and that's okay. I knew I was like this, cause I teach feelings. This isn't going to yeah. go well. Yeah. <laughs> there was their boundary. I don't do feelings. Yeah. There was her boundary. And I thought, you know what? And that probably is true. She probably, it wasn't safe for her to do feelings. And I understood that. Yeah. Yeah. I understood that it probably isn't safe and she's learned to kind of armor up. And that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I had my own work to do around that because I realized I was attached to wanting to be understood and acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And that was making it hard for me to have like stick with the boundary, if that makes oh, sense. Absolutely. So I kept waiting to go so she yeah. could get it. But, but, like, but, but yeah, right. Don't you but see? That, this isn't, yeah. And so then I had to take a deep breath and regroup. And sometimes that's what it looks like for a boundary for yourself to just, you tried it, you gave it your best shot. It got hit with defense, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. And okay. You got the information you needed. Yeah. And I think that piece right there, you got the information you needed. It's like, okay, well, I learned something about this relationship that taught, well, one taught me more about there's some extra work I need to do, but also this isn't really a safe place to go with this person. Yeah. I had the information I needed and then I was done. It was like the, the clarity was enough for me to Mm -hmm. go. Thank you. Oh, I needed to see that. I knew it. But emotionally, I was still trying to look for that Mm. healing through that person. And when I realized she doesn't have it to offer and that's okay, I can give it to myself 
by nurturing this hurt, the sadness mm-hmm. that I feel. And I was able to do that. It was mm-hmm. liberation because I was no longer attached to needing it from yeah. her. And that's the beauty of the boundary. It's like, oh, there's a boundary in action. We actually, I actually did that. And here's what the result was. It didn't, wasn't all in a pretty bow. And I also felt liberation at the end. Now, during it, I kind of got some shame of, oh, does she think I'm crazy? And all those shame stories that I had to rumble through. And that's part of sometimes, not always, sometimes setting a boundary, sometimes stepping into vulnerability. And when you can spot it and you can get curious about it, you can work right on through it to get to the other side rather than getting stuck and frozen Mm -hmm. in it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think as you, as we said at the beginning, but that you were, you really laid out as far as the family system and the stuff we've learned growing up that getting stuck back in that old story, those old, old traumas can kind of re-traumatize ourselves unless we learn how to open our hearts and, and the vulnerability for ourselves with curiosity, be like, oh yeah, there's that part that got poked again, probably. And sort of give her back her need to protect herself and allow that you needed to take care of yourself in that moment. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of boundaries, right? You just framed it all up. Yeah. That's the beauty of the boundaries. That's people think boundaries are rigid in there. And I'm like, no, they're really, you just articulated it in such a beautiful way that you get back yourself, right? You connect to that, the truth and authenticity of yourself. And then you're not so burned and exhausted and mired in the anxiety and the guilt and the shame because they'll come and go and you can nurture it as it does. And then you're liberated. Right. Right. And you're not constantly chasing something that you're never going to get, which is what I was kind of picturing. Yes. Yes. And that's the beauty of boundaries when we, we aren't attached to the outcome. And we're not expecting, I love Anne Lamont's definition of expectations or resentments waiting to happen. When I heard that, I was like, yes. And what movie do I have in my head playing already of how I think the conversation is going to go? Oh, the movie was, oh yes. Then she's going to acknowledge it. Mm. She's going to take responsibility. She's going to see it. Yeah. No, the movie was a sham. (laughs) It was a, it was what my inner child wanted to happen. And it could have gone that way. I'm not saying it could, it could have very well gone like the movie, but I have to check the movie because those are expectations Mm -hmm. and those are rooted in these unmet needs and they can prevent you from speaking up and they can prevent you from having a boundary That is so because we're predicting what we think is already going to happen. And so then we're like, yeah, I'm not going to set a boundary. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not going to change anything anyway or whatever. Not going to get. Yes. So would you say the Anne Lamont, Annie Lamont quote again? Expectations are resentments waiting to happen. That has stuck with me throughout the years. Whenever I heard it, I thought that is so powerful. Mm. That is, and they're so connected to boundaries. Oh my gosh. They're like linked up hand in hand. Yeah. That is really powerful. 
Love that. Yeah. I have to put that on. I like a little sticky note somewhere. Just Yes. Expectations are resentments waiting to happen. Hmm. And I see it play out with couples all the time. Oh, yes. I would imagine that's a, oh, yeah. Yeah. And boundaries can get sticky in, in, relationship, in couple of relationships. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We don't know how to communicate boundaries. We think just laying the line down. And sometimes that's appropriate. And sometimes it's not. It's learning how to share a boundary. Yes, yes, yes. And I like Brown's framework, you know, what's okay, what's not okay. And then taking it on a step further. This is what I can handle. This is what I can't handle. This is what I I want. This is what I don't want. Mm -hmm. Being clear on what do you want and being clear on what you don't want. Those are both essentially important. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Definitely. And, and within relationships so hard, I can tell you from a 35 plus year marriage that I'm still working on how to (laughs) set and hold and communicate what I want and what I don't want every day. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Because you live together with this person and there's so many patterns. Oh my gosh. That we we bring into the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as each step of the relationship evolves, like right now where we are as kids are out of the house, it's just us and our dog and just navigating. What do I want my life to look like now? Yes, absolutely. It's It's a whole nother chapter. Oh, it's huge. And pokes all kinds of boundaries for me. So, or mm, past traumas and just really makes, is making me recognize the boundaries that I need. Yes. That's the beauty right there. It makes you recognize Mm -hmm. the boundaries that you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so powerful because we all need boundaries. Every human on the planet needs boundaries. We didn't learn that as children that it's okay for you to speak up on what's okay and what's not okay. We were disciplined, shamed, I mean, traumatized. Ignored. There's lots of things yeah. ignored, yeah. dismissed, bypassed, all the gaslit. I mean, I know that term can get misused, which means that it was flipped. The switch was flipped when you wanted to share something. It became all the ways you're wrong. And so you get a lot of self-doubt mm-hmm. And we didn't get the liberation of knowing that's healthy, right? That's actually what looks, that's what creates healthy relationships Mm. is communicating what's okay. What's not okay. Clearly and compassionately directly. Yeah. Mm. Kristen, this conversation has just been, I don't know, better than I thought it would be, which is hard to imagine because I thought it was going to be pretty good, but uh, I really just so appreciate your I don't know, your sensitivity and your willingness to open up and share your own experience too. But yeah, this has been really great. I've loved it. Thank you so much, Biz. If there was one thing for maybe someone just beginning this journey of recognizing what they want and need and how to communicate that, what and they were feeling maybe frustrated or unsure about where to start, what, what would you say to them? First place is take a deep breath. Mm. What can block us is our anxiety around even exploring this. Mm -hmm. So take a deep breath, feet on the floor, take a real clear, deep breath. The second thing is explore, and this is going to be a big one. And I know I'm given a big one, but the next step would be explore 
what you learned about boundaries and write it all down on paper. What did you learn about boundaries hmm. growing up? And maybe in, in any situation, like just let it go, let it flow on paper or do a voice memo text, whatever that looks like for you and explore that. What did you learn about boundaries? Hmm. That's such a great place to start. And as you said, hard, but it's really informs where we're beginning from this, right? Where we're starting. Yeah. It's our awareness place yeah. to start. Yeah. Mm. So if people wanted to know more about you and your therapy practice, how would they find you? Thank you for asking. That's so <laughs> nice. Um, if they want to hear, I have a podcast called Close the Chapter. Yeah. It's about closing the chapter on things that don't serve you, opening the door to possibilities. You can go to Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-D, Boyce, B-O-I-C-E.com. And if you want a free journal, you can go forward slash free resources nice. for your listeners and they can get a free journal. And it's all about this process of self-discovery. And it walks you through five basic steps to get started on boundaries and how to connect to your own authentic self. Mm. And those and on social on Instagram and Facebook at Kristen D. Boyce is how you can find me there. Nice. Awesome. That's so great. I'm going to check out your free journal because that sounds cool. All right. Well, all those resources will be in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for spending time with me today and listeners. And thanks. Thank you so much, Biz. I loved our time together. Well, I hope that you took something valuable away for yourselves from that conversation. As I said, it seemed as if Kristen and I just connected on a deeper level. I really felt like a soul-filled connection with her, just talking through, yes, as professionals, but as people around boundaries and how it's so hard, but how important they are in supporting us and supporting our relationships in a healthy way and maintaining personal safety and energy levels and all of that. And how about that quote from Anne Lamott? Anne Lamott says, expectations are resentments waiting to happen. Crazy, right? So if we're expecting people to be a certain way and it doesn't happen, or expecting them to do something without being clear about what we need, it can create resentment. It can build resentment. It, it can turn into resentment. So being clear, setting boundaries, asking for what we need. As Kristen shared, being compassionately clear, direct, and consistent when we're setting boundaries is so important. And to me, relates directly to that quote. I think what I loved most about this conversation was Kristen's willingness to be open and forthright in her own struggle with boundaries and where maybe sometimes she gets stuck, but also to just highlight that we don't have to have it all figured out and that sometimes when we do come up against people who push against some of those boundaries, it can be a little window opening into some of the work that maybe we still need to do. And that's okay. That's part of the process. 
So if you'd like some help with identifying, working on, helping you feel more empowered while creating boundaries in your life with the people that you care about, I would love to talk to you. I would love to work with you. And when you fill out the application for your free session, your name will get put in a drawing and you might get picked for that free 90-minute session to help you work through your stuck places with boundaries to help you better identify what you need and how to communicate that with the people that you care about most. So do it. Sign up. I want to talk to you. I hope you will. So take care of yourselves and know that the healing process is a journey, one that is never over. Do we get to places where we feel more grounded and settled and energetically aligned? Of course. Do we feel more attuned with ourselves at times? For sure. But especially if you have a trauma history, we're going to get poked and more healing might need to be done, but it doesn't mean you're broken. It means you're a work in progress. I look forward to connecting with you all next week. I hope to see you back here for the next episode of the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Music by Andy Cush, sound editing by Laura Disler, and show notes by Kathy Cush. If you'd like more information about me, Biz Cush, and the resources shared today, go to awakenyourwisewoman.com.